join me as we listen to Jesus' story as told by Matthew. May these few minutes spent listening today draw us closer to Jesus, and may our lives also testify to His power and grace. Hello, I'm Michelle Edwards, a member at First Lutheran, and today I'm reading from Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 36. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Just before today's passage starts, Jesus had been teaching a large crowd of people. When he was done, he told his disciples to start across the lake, also known as the Sea of Galilee, and he would catch up. Then he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Now, you might wonder what Jesus is up to here. His actions don't make a whole lot of sense. Why would he send his disciples ahead of him across the lake? They must have wondered how he would catch up to them. Would they row all the way across the lake only to have to come back to get Jesus? But he is their teacher, so they do what he says and they go. Jesus sends the crowd home, then wanders off to pray. He doesn't even try to catch up with his disciples. What's going on? There are two little words that speak volumes about Jesus and his mission. He went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Jesus spends his days in the midst of crowds, teaching and healing. He undoubtedly heard thousands of questions, heard hundreds of sad stories and pleas for help. Even when the crowds went home, there were still his disciples, 12 men he was training and equipping for the time they would be on their own. There was so much for them to learn. When did Jesus get a moment to himself? He went up on that mountain to be alone. He was human, so part of his need may have been as simple as giving his ears a rest. He was also God, so part of his need may have been to connect with his Father and renew his strength for the work he was doing. He wisely took the time to take care of himself so that he would be best able to continue taking care of those around him. He was teaching by example how important it is for all of us to take time for ourselves, to let ourselves rest, and to renew our strength for the tasks ahead. 
When Jesus had refreshed himself with prayer, he set out to rejoin his disciples. They were still on the lake, struggling with the wind and the waves. Neither bothered Jesus as he walked to them on the water. The disciples, tired from struggling with this boat and the elements most of the night, think they're seeing a ghost. They're terrified. Seeing this, Jesus calls out right away, reassuring them, telling them not to be afraid. So Peter, the disciple who was often the first to react or speak up, calls out a challenge to the apparition. If it's really Jesus, he should invite Peter to join him out there on the water. Now, I'm not sure what Peter was expecting to happen, but Jesus promptly tells Peter to come. Just that simple. Come. Come and see for yourself. Come and do the impossible. Come and let the others see what you do. And Peter, ever intrepid, ever bold, climbs out of the boat and starts walking on the water, heading straight for Jesus. What do you suppose the other disciples were thinking as they watched this? Were any of them gearing up to join Peter? Were they waiting to see if the ghost would disappear? Before the others could do anything, Peter suddenly remembers where he is. The wind is blowing, waves are rolling, and he's not in the boat. This is crazy. He can't walk on water. He's going to die. And he starts to sink. But before he can go under, a hand reaches out to grab him. Jesus has him, holds him safe, and asks one question. Why did you doubt? As long as Peter was focused on Jesus, heading straight for him, he was fine. But when his attention went to the wind, the waves, and the impossibility of what he was doing, never mind that he was doing it, he began to fail. This is still true for us, isn't it? Life throws all kinds of trouble at us, tossing us around, knocking us off course. It's all too easy to look around and think, I can't do this, it's impossible. Or what have I gotten myself into? I should have stayed where it was safe. That's a normal human reaction, the one that came over Peter. But it's Peter's first instinct, that one that seems so impulsive, that's actually the better one. Jesus said, come, and Peter climbed out of that boat to come. He didn't stop to analyze, consider, or play. He just simply trusted and obeyed. That was working. As long as he had his eyes on Jesus, he was fine. The wind and the waves were there, but they didn't cause him any problems until he took his attention away from Jesus to notice the potential dangers. That's when they became a problem, not before. Peter lost focus, lost track of what he was doing, started to fail, and still, Jesus was right there, rescuing him. As they both climbed into the boat with the other disciples, the wind died down and the water calmed. They were all safe. And Jesus does the same for us, of course. When we're struggling and seek answers from Him, He tells us to come. When we obey that call, we are protected. No wind can knock us down, no wave can pull us under. Focused on Jesus, we won't even see all the potential problems. But if we let our focus get diverted, if we start looking for all the things that can go wrong or might bring harm, we can so easily be overwhelmed. There's so much possibility for danger or failure or loss that we might be tempted to curl up in a ball and not try anything. We forget that when Jesus says, come, we are never alone. 
The reason no wind can knock us down and no wave can pull us under is that Jesus is with us. The wind and the waves are still there, but they can't beat us because they're not stronger than Jesus. He'll keep us safe to do what He wants us to do. Now, does that mean a life of trust and obedience will be a life of no problems? <laughs> well, no, but it does mean that the problems, whatever they are, don't win. We can lean into the wind, walk through the waves. Jesus' strong hand will keep us from sinking, and then the wind will die down. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for teaching us how to cope with the wind and the waves in our lives. Help us to keep our focus on you, trusting you to see us through any challenges as we live our lives for you. Amen.